Welcome to the Season 2 finale of So Strange. I'm your host, Andy Myers. I'm an author and a paranormal researcher who has been looking forward to this particular episode for the past 12 weeks. And just like the Season 1 finale, this episode will be a collection of first-hand eyewitness paranormal stories. I recently had the pleasure of interviewing several people who have all experienced things that are the very definition of so strange. So you'll hear their encounters in their own words. And uh, trust me when I say there's something for everyone on today's show. No matter what you're into, chances are we've got you covered. You'll hear about shadow people, rambunctious ghosts, whimsical heavenly messages, UFO sightings, and much, much more. So grab your drink of choice, close the curtains, secure your headphones, and hunker down for this supersized season finale of So Strange. Okay, we have a, a guest on So Strange season finale. I'd like to welcome Michelle to the show. Michelle, thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. So according to the information that you sent me, it sounds like you've had a, a whole hodgepodge of paranormal happenings dating back countless years. Now, you're originally from Utah, correct? Yeah, I am. I moved out to Omaha when I was 25 years old. And, and that, that's when uh, the paranormal shenanigans began? Uh, that's when it really picked up, yeah. <laughs> so it's Omaha. Omaha is the problem then, huh? It could be, but now I'm over in Iowa and there's still problems, so maybe it's just me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe it is just you. Yeah, well, I always joke people are more haunted than places, so if you have a, a knack for uh, encountering the paranormal, I guess I could follow you uh, around regardless of what state you live in. I guess so. It certainly seems to be the case. So where should we begin in terms of your experiences? Uh, we'll just start with the, the house in Omaha. Um, we bought it in 2008. It was only about five years old, so, you know, nobody assumes a house that brand new is going to be haunted by any means. Um, I immediately started noticing when I'd watch TV that there was somebody, like, at the top of the stairs. I feel like somebody up there watching me. We had a family room down below, too, and uh, same thing there. If I would be down there watching TV, I would see almost a dark image out of the side of my eye standing there. Just kind of shrugged it off, you know, whatever. I'm one of those people, you got to prove it to me for me to believe it. Um, so uh, one night I was actually walking to my bedroom upstairs and I could feel something following me. And so I whipped around real quick and I saw a dark image. I mean, there was no face or nothing, but there was a dark something behind me and then it vanished. Um, that was one case. Uh, the next one was I had a Mastiff, Cedric. And I was taking pictures with me and him, and I had him right next to my face and had my arm around him and um, taking some selfies, didn't think much of it, didn't look at him. Next morning, I get up, and I'm getting ready for work. So I'm in the bathroom flipping through pictures, and then I stop on one, and the picture where the dog's head should have been, instead, there is a man on my shoulder leaning his head into me, and he has dark hair, and I can see his eyes, and I can see his eyebrows. And I dropped my phone and I got cold and I started trembling and I'm like, oh, my God, what is that? Who is that? I don't know that person. They weren't here. It was my dog. Where's my dog? He's not even in the picture. It's just blurry there. 
So, you know, you know I... that's ter- that's terrifying. And it, it reminds me of the, that app or that filter where it'll almost put like a kitty or puppy's dog face over uh-huh. your own, right? <laughs> that would have been much better and easier to deal with. <laughs> right. This is the opposite. This is putting yeah. a man's face on a dog. And you said this, uh, you know, this this ghost, this spirit entity, dark hair, dark eyes. Did it look mm-hmm. familiar? I mean, was it anybody you could have pinpointed from your family tree who had passed away? Nope, never seen him before in my life. Um, So, you know, I come to work and I'm spooked and I'm like, I'm going to have to tell some people about this and make sure I'm not crazy. And uh, I'm showing everyone at work and they're all freaking out, too, and showing people in the building. I saved a picture to my computer, but, of course, that was like five computers ago. Um, So that had happened. I would hear things. There was a night when my smoke detectors, because they were hardwired, kept going off. But they would only go off until I stepped out of the bed. As soon as I put my feet on the floor, the smoke detector stopped. This went on for about an hour. And I finally got mad and disconnected all the smoke detectors in the house because I couldn't take it anymore. As I I got to get some sleep and you're driving me crazy. There was my things would go missing a lot, like my jewelry. I had a ring that said one day at a time and that was always going missing. And then it would get returned and it'd be sitting on my bathroom counter again. So that stuff drove me crazy. Um, We lived there for about a year and a half. And then I bought a house that was only three, four miles away, maybe. Again, a newer house. It was only about nine years old, I'd say, when we moved in there. And, I mean, immediately in that house, I started noticing stuff. I was in the garage right after I moved in. And I could hear my daughters calling for me. So I ripped the garage door open into the house. And I'm like, what? And then I'm like, oh, they're not here. They're at my mom's for the night. I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, whatever, here we go again. <laughs> um, New house, same old, same old happenings. Uh, you know, and you got, you got to love it when a ghost can throw its voice like that. Or, or maybe the more unsettling part is the mimicry. You know, how can a spirit entity, uh, you know, impersonate somebody that we know? You know, either either A, that's what's happening, or B, Maybe in those instances, what we're actually hearing is almost like an echo from the past, almost like maybe a past event with your children was mm-hmm. being played on a loop and, you know, like a, like a movie on rewind and you were just tapping into that frequency. Either yeah. way, it's so strange. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I thought it was my daughter, Michaela. So I went to see what she needed. <laughs> Gosh. But, you know, it goes to show the, these these uh, happenings, they, they tend to follow you from house to house, city to city, state to state. Yeah, and, sure. uh, you know, did your blood run cold when you threw that door open and nobody was there? Uh, no, actually, I was like, oh, OK, because at this point I had dealt with so much stuff before that. I was like starting to get numb to this kind of stuff. Just a Tuesday, right? Uh, my at that house, my dogs would always uh, be barking at stuff, too. One night, uh, I was going to go sit in my living room. I had two chairs on one wall, and then we had a big sectional on the other wall. Well, my dog gets on the couch, and he's looking across the room to the chair I was going to sit in, but didn't. And he starts viciously barking, and he, like, would not stop. I'm over there yelling at him, and I'm shaking him, and he's just got his eyes locked on something. He's going to kill whatever that is. That freaked me out a little bit because I'm like, okay, great. Now the dog's seeing something. I don't know. 
Um, there was a night also, the one that like really kind of shook me was I had got up again, it's like 2.30 in the morning, put my dogs outside and I'm standing there looking out the back slider. Well, I could just kind of feel something behind me. So I turn around and clear as day standing behind me, I see a full figure of a man, black hair. It looks like it's kind of long. I can kind of see his face. He's got facial hair and he's wearing like a full buckskin colored outfit like a trapper or fur trader something like that and like he was there for a second and then he was gone and I that kind of freaked me out because I was like okay now I've actually seen something and now things are getting a little more serious it spooked me dogs come in they're barking again but I can't see anything um at that house I actually had my son there and uh when he was first born he would sit there about 16 weeks old. He'd be looking in the sky and smiling and making sounds at something that I couldn't see. I also had baby bottles thrown at me. If I'd be in the kitchen, they were like way over by the sink in the window. My daughters saw this happen too. They were standing there when this bottle flew across the kitchen and hit me. So that was crazy. I mean, it takes a lot of physical force, you know, for a spirit entity to move a physical object let alone throw it across the room. Yeah. Now, I was about 10 feet from where it was sitting when it hit me. You know, and baby bottles, uh, you know, it's not a 20-pound dumbbell, but, but they're not light either. I mean, it's heavy enough. You, you, It couldn't be a gust of wind. You couldn't blame it on a register vent being nearby, right? Because it's not a sheet of paper. It's no. a plastic bottle for crying out loud. And that's, wow. But it always helps, I think, in my opinion, it helps when you witness something paranormal and you, you have a another pair of eyeballs in the room with you uh, yeah. to, you know, to corroborate. Because not that it discredits you if you're the only one who experiences something, but it, it lends m even more credibility when you have a, another witness or bystander that, that sees the same thing. Yeah. Um, there was a night, too, after I had my son, I was pretty upset with what was going on with me and his father. I was sitting in the recliner because the only way I could get him to sleep was to rock him in the recliner at night. And I was sitting there, you know, crying, and I feel an arm come around the back of me and, like, hold me by my hip like it was hugging me. And I didn't think. I just immediately slapped, and I yelled, don't touch me, and I quit. And that was the last time. But it, that was freaky because I could feel it just like a regular human was wrapping their arm around me. Did it did it feel uh, either emotionally or physically? Uh, did it feel like it, like a childlike presence or did it feel more like an adult hand and it was, arm? It was definitely an adult because it was a bigger arm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, either way, that's a little unsettling. Uh, yeah. It hypothetically, was. I mean, hypothetically, even if it was a heavenly visitor just coming to, you know, with the intention of comforting you, uh, you know, read the room a little bit. You, you don't reach your arm around somebody and give them a hug, you know, uh, not from behind anyways. I mean, come yeah. on. That's no boundaries. touching, <laughs> no touching boundaries, spirit world boundaries, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's gosh, it, it just it just keeps happening your entire life, huh? Yeah, uh, we ended up moving out of that house in 2017, and we moved to Minden, Iowa. So we're now about, I don't know, 45 miles away from the area. And things continue again. I'm, we have, you know, the front door, back door, and there's a side door on our house. And you will be sitting there, and you will see a dark image at the side door. Um, thing that really freaked me out at that house was one night my son had decided he was going to sleep in his little tent in the living room. 
my room's right next door to that. Um, he ends up in my bed during the night. So I ask him, I'm like, hey, what's going on? Why'd you come in here? Well, mom, I saw a guy come out of your bedroom and he stood and looked in the living room for a minute and then he went out the side door. And I'm like, oh, okay. But there was nobody there. So now he's seen it. My daughters have had experiences with doors and stuff and hearing things there too. They All the kids have experienced it as well. I mean, now I will be like downstairs and I hear somebody upstairs walking around in one of the bedrooms. And I'm like, well, you're busy today, aren't you? Got a lot going on. So, I mean, I just make jokes of it now. But, yeah, it's been going on for a long time. Uh, can I ask, how old was your son when he saw that person come out of the room and stand there and go out the door? Uh, I'm going to say he's about four. Yeah. I was wondering, sounds about right. You know, children age three and four, sometimes five, uh, they're notorious for being the ones that see ghosts, see spirits, remember past lifetimes. It's just that magical little window, I think, when a, a child is, you know, they still have that raw, uh, God-given intuition. And, mm-hmm. and, and yet, at the same time, they're old enough to finally verbalize and articulate what it is that they're seeing and sensing. So... I was wondering if it was right during that three to four year old window. Yeah, he still remembers it. He still talks about it. So whatever he saw, it definitely uh, left a mark on him. Now, does this ability? I mean, clearly there's some sort of intuition or something that's going on. Uh, you know, you you we could jokingly call you haunted, but I, I think it is. You know, sometimes when you have intuition that that divide between heaven and, or excuse me, the divide between earth and the spirit realm is kind of thin. So does this run in your family? I mean, your children are, have experiences. Have your parents or grandparents had this going on in their lives as well? Um, I know my mom said she's seen a ghost here and there, but nothing like for many, many, many years. You got most of the genetics with that, huh? <laughs> yes. I don't know what I got going on, but... <laughs> Well, it, it's all right to be a little bit witchy. You know, you got to own it. And I think you're taking the right approach with it is just laughing at you, just accepting it, making jokes about it. Because the alternative is what, you know, having crippling anxiety and letting it ruin your, your week, you know, so you I've still got to live like, life. Yeah, I've never had like a bad feeling about it or like it was out to hurt anybody. So I, uh, you know, I just make a joke of it if I hear it up there walking around or doors are shutting or someone's standing the side door and the dog's barking I'm like oh let it go it's oh nobody I accidentally years ago at that first house gave it a name which apparently I shouldn't have done (laughs) now I have to ask what name did you give it the name James came to me so I I've been calling it James the kids refer to it as James James is like the other family member (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh James uh, good old James the ghost, you know, and yeah. if he's doing something playful, like hiding that ring, playing hide and go seek with that ring, maybe you can call him Jimmy, you know, yeah. James, when he's I, doing something formally haunted, haunting. <laughs> yeah, that happened a lot at the second house. I would have to ask for my stuff back and I had a skylight in my bathroom and I would go in there at night. My ring had been gone or my watch and I'd go in there at night and my ring would be sitting right on the counter where the light from the skylight would shine. So it would like light up as I'd go in the bathroom. Almost like a beacon from the heavens, just, you know, right down upon the ring. Oh, my gosh. Get your ring back until I take it again. <laughs> well, and this is a whole nother can of worms that we'll get on to later on in the, in, the, in the podcast. But, you know, 
this talk of like fae folk or fairy folk or pixies or sprites, you know, which, you know, hey, you know, some people believe, some people don't. But it's it's said, it's theorized uh, that if you have, you know, little playful, uh, you know, pixie elementals in your house, they're, you know, they're they're known to be attracted to sparkly, shiny things. And they'll, they'll steal them and give them back. And, you know, I don't know, maybe we'll cover that on a future episode. But, uh, you know, but like most things paranormal, we may never have a concrete answer as to what exactly is going on. Uh, although, you know, you're not crazy. You, there's other people in your family who are, have seen and witnessed this very same thing. You're a normal person with a, with a, with a life and a job. And, you know, I, I believe you for whatever it's worth. I believe you. And I guarantee a lot of our listeners believe that you've experienced what you've experienced. So I hope, if nothing else, that makes you feel a little more sane. I'm not so crazy after all. <laughs> Well, thanks for thanks so much for for coming on the season finale, Michelle. This has been a lot of fun talking with you, and you gave us a, a whole uh, buffet, a whole sampler platter of paranormal happenings. So, thanks for uh, getting the season finale off to a good start. Absolutely, thanks for having me. Have a good day. Okay, our next guest is named Roxanne, and I want to welcome you to the show, Roxanne. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So from what I've gathered, you have uh, several paranormal type experiences or, you know, spirit visit type experiences. Uh, where, where should we begin? Well, the main one that really is fascinating to me is the Karen story. Um, I had a friend in 2012 that passed away unexpectedly. Let's put it that way. And she was always a jokester, always. And it was sad to see her go, of course. But then a couple weeks later, I had some strange things happening in my home. Um, the first one being, I got woke up, which sounded like her voice calling out my name. And I thought, Karen, I'm going back to sleep. You know, so I did. And when I woke up the next morning, I went into my kitchen and I have a runner rug and it was soaked. I mean, like, oh my gosh, it had to have been something flooded that saturated. And so I thought, well, where's that coming from? I'm looking at the ceiling because the light was directly above it. And I lived in an apartment. So I thought, did somebody overflow their sink or something, you know. Um, I checked out all the possibilities, all of them, and there was no reason for this wet rug. So I instantly put two fans blowing on this rug, and I went about my day. I then got on my computer, and... Most people would say it was messing up, but I knew it was her. And I was like, Karen, stop. I'm working. <laughs> I need this computer. And she did for a while. But then she'd let me know she was there by doing it over again multiple times. Well, I decided I was going to... Um, Checked the rug before I went to bed. It should have been dry. 
I had it blowing directly on it. Um, no, it wasn't. It was just still saturated as saturated could be. Now, how but, many? How long had you had the fans on it drying? Um, a good twelve hours. That should have done the trick. I would have thought so. <laughs> so, when it was still saturated, I thought, well, I have to go bring these fans to the bedroom because I need to test this out. So I took the fans to the bedroom, went to bed. Nine hours later, I get up and I go out to the kitchen and the rug is as dry as dry can be. And I'm like, Karen, I get you. But please, <laughs> don't make me step on saturated stuff, you know? So the rug dried with no fans on it. Exactly. But it didn't dry when you had a fan on it for 12 straight hours. Correct. That's that's strange. Yeah, that's real strange. But I know it had to have been her. I just, I just know it. And um, she passed away in April of 2012. And... The following Mother's Day, my daughter and I had um, plans to spend the day together. So I said, well, let me get a shower. You play on the computer. And I get out of the shower and she says, Mom, this computer's being wacko. I said, how so? And so she told me and. I don't remember what it was doing, but it was doing some strange things. And I said, I told you already, it's Karen. She's doing that to you, too. And she says, Mom, you're nuts. It cannot be Karen. She's gone, you know. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to force it on you. But I know what I believe. And uh, so we were. We're in her vehicle, and we were headed somewhere, and she had put her phone in the cup holder, and I had my phone in my purse, and I had set it on the floorboard. My feet were nowhere near it, um, and I don't carry a lot in my purse, so nothing could have hit it, but her phone started ringing, and she says, Mom, why are you calling me? I said, I'm not. She's like, yes, you are. And she showed me her phone, and it was me calling her. So I says, well, let me get my phone and prove to you I'm not calling you. So I grabbed my purse, and I grabbed my phone out of it, and lo and behold, I'm calling her. I'm like, okay then. <laughs> so we turned them off, and we enjoyed our day. Karen left. She just wanted to let us know that she was with us. Well, it sounds like she was trying to get your daughter's attention, right? Because you you were already a believer in signs from the afterlife, but Karen was like, well, we got to get your daughter's attention now. Probably, yeah. That sounds like her. <laughs> yeah. So, let's see. What's another one? And, by the way, by the way, Roxanne, sorry to interrupt. Um, you're not alone in experiencing, you know, electronical 
abnormalities <laughs> after somebody has passed. It's it's a pretty common way. Um, it's still spectacular and still heartwarming, but but it's a pretty common way that those in the afterlife will try to get our attention. Anything with a cord, button, wire, or battery source. Uh, any any electronic, whether it's a computer, a phone, or a, ch- a children's battery-operated toy, for for spirits to manipulate things like this is like child's play for them. It's so easy because there's already a, a power source. There's already a current of energy running through it. So for them, it's almost like a flick of the finger to cause our electronics to go haywire. And yes, I mean sometimes it happens during inopportune times, like when we're working and we need to get we need to get things done. Uh, but they're never too far away, and sometimes they want to show off to grab our attention. Yeah, she, I just, you know, I said to her, Karen, just just leave me alone. <laughs> Come back when I can talk with you type thing, you know. And and she would pretty much do that. Um, and as far as the wiring things go, I didn't mention this one, but my sister passed... I want to say in 16. And as we're all gathered around her bed, you know, because she was on hospice, um, her alarm clock, for no reason, flew off the shelf that it was on and went to the floor. And we all looked at it, and it kind of scared a couple of them. And I'm like... It's okay, you guys. She's she's just letting us know it's getting close. And she said, or my niece says, well, if that's the way she's going to tell us, I don't want to see it. You know, I mean, she was so scared. <laughs> so my daughter took the alarm clock and said, I'll get it out of your way. I'll take it and take it home. Well, lo and behold, at the exact time that it fell off the shelf, Three weeks later, it went off for no reason. She didn't even have it set. It just went off. Well, and three weeks later, I, I don't think you can set an alarm clock to go off three weeks later. Right, right. You set it to go off three minutes or three hours later, but not three weeks later. Exactly. So it's it's crazy things like this that happen all the time. And I... I don't get afraid of it, you know. Um, I know I have auras that come about, and at night, like I'm sleeping in a dead sleep, and something wakes me up. And I look, and I literally am awake. I know I am. And there's like a red aura type thing that comes about, and if I just focus on that, it tends to, and, and I don't know how to say this because it's not a negative thing, um, it shows me either somebody that has passed within that week or two, or it's somebody that's going to pass. So... I guess I feel kind of bad because, uh, for an instance, um, my cousin came in through one of those, and we always called him Little Bill. So as they came in, 
it was like tall people. Okay, I I couldn't see faces or anything. Um, they were like a a grayish, blackish kind of um entity, and he was little in this thing, and he's jumping up and down, just waving at me like crazy. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't know who you are. You know, please reveal yourself. And <laughs> he pointed over to my mirror. And I'm like, there's nothing on my mirror. There's nothing on my, you know, I don't know what you're trying to tell me. So the next day I told my mom about it. And I'm like, what could it have been? She goes, well, what do you got on your dresser? I said, nothing. I said, Heather made me a um, shadow box of my brother who had passed away and his name was bill also and we always called him big bill big bill and little bill okay okay so i think after what i i felt bad because knowing what i know now i could have at least put a bug in his ear to tell him to go to the hospital because he passed away of a heart attack um, the little bill did. And I was, you know how they always have pictures and films and videos of the person that has passed that you can watch at the service? Yeah, it's pretty, pretty customary nowadays. Right. Um, I was watching that. And lo and behold... They had a picture of his eyes coming out and going back in. And I like, had that vision. Okay. So like it zoomed in and then zoomed out in the video? Right. right. And I had had that vision during this, I don't know what you call them. I, I call them spirit knowledge, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it's almost like a just a spirit visit. And and from the sounds of it, it almost sounded like a game of charades, you know, trying to him trying to uh, communicate with you. Right. you know? So but yeah, I I mean, one could look at this these experiences as a blessing or a curse. I mean, I I'm sorry you've had to carry around this this heavy feeling of, you know, wishing that or thinking that you should have done something or relayed a message. Uh but looking at it another way, Roxanne, maybe you were, um, you know, being presented with uh, information that was part of somebody's fate or destiny. Maybe it was an inevitability he was going to pass from a heart attack. And regardless of what you would have relayed or warned him of, maybe that was just his his uh, his destiny. True. And if so, and if so, maybe you're off the hook. You know, you were just glimpsing a, a peek into the future. Um now, that being said, I, I'm not sure if I would wish that particular ability upon anybody because, uh, you know, again, I, I it saddens me to think you've been carrying around a heavy heart because of that. Well, I've come to peace with it. Good, um, good. Yeah, I've come to peace with it. And through through those, um, like I said, I I know it's time to wrap it up but um i do want to say one more 
and that is my aura vision that I had. My mom had lung cancer, and she did the chemo for like three times. And the fourth time, she says, I'm done. I'm just done. So I helped her through all that. I was there for her doctors. I was there for everything. And we were like best friends, okay? And she got to a point about two weeks before she was passing and or that she did pass. Um, she said, Roxanne, she says, I really do hate to leave you girls, but it's my time. I said, you know what? I had a brother that I didn't know. He had passed before I was even born. And so I said, you know what, Mom? I said, I wasn't going to tell you this, but I had a vision a couple nights ago. And my vision was you playing with Jimmy. And you were having such a good, good time. And I just want you to know time is short. It won't be long and you will go. And she says, well, if you can have visions, can you make me go tomorrow? I'm suffering. I said, Mom, I'm so sorry. You know, she goes, but that brightened my day because I can't wait to see him, you know. And on her last few hours, I just kept reminding her, you're going to go see Jimmy. You're going to go see Jimmy. You know, and can you hear the robins? And boy, oh boy, she went so peacefully after, you know, me just talking through some of the things. So do I get scared over stuff like this? Absolutely not. I take it as a positive as, you know what, there is a realm beyond this one. And am I crazy? I don't think so. But some people say I am, you know, and and I just laugh it off and go, well, you know what? I'm the one that's blessed and gifted. You know, I wish you could be, too. And I leave it at that. I like your outlook on this, Roxanne, uh, because I, I agree. You know, uh, you could you could look at, you know, strange happenings and, and paranormal and spiritual occurrences. And, yeah, you you could live the rest of your life in fear and anxiety. Uh, but as we know, that's no way to live, uh, right. you know, to try to live in the moment, to try to find joy when we can and spread it as much as we can. And I'm glad I'm so happy that, you know, in those, you know, final uh, the final time that your mom had here that you were able to help her find peace. So probably never uh, imagined yourself as a hospice worker, but you uh, kind of unofficially earned your credentials there, didn't you? I think so. Kind of did the same thing with my sister when she passed. So, yeah. Well, that's that's a very important role, uh, and uh, thanks for sharing so many personal stories with us. And and by the way, uh, I for one do not think you're crazy. <laughs> I think you're intuitive, and I, I think you're uh, maybe an angel in disguise, but uh, certainly not crazy. And uh, and for what it's worth, you know, as you know, I've spent the last 15 years of my life uh, practicing as a psychic medium, day in day out, connecting with people. Uh, in spirit, hearing wonderful stories. And and uh, I, I agree with you. There is a realm beyond this one. And uh, sometimes we catch 
glimpses of it, whether it's a, a spirit playing with our computer or a phone or knocking an alarm clock off the dresser. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there is an afterlife. And, and I think, uh, you know, sometimes when that curtain between heaven and earth gets rather thin, we're blessed enough to have these moments where we feel close to those who have passed before us. So absolutely. Amen for that. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you for being on the show again, Roxanne. And I, I wish you a good rest of the day. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, I'd like to welcome our next guest on to the season finale of So Strange. And here we have Angie. So Angie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of a you know unique episode to have this many people on to share a diverse range of stories. And uh, from what I gather, you have kind of, a, well, a lot to choose from, but they're kind of more in the paranormal uh, ghost type category. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. So have you been, <laughs> have you or your family had like a lifelong, uh, you know, history with paranormal happenings or is it just you? And is this more recent or has it always been occurring? Um, I would say it was kind of a family, a fa- it happened to all of us in the family. Um, it did start off when I lived here in Omaha in the Florence area. I had a home, lived with my parents as a little kid. And then we moved to, um, which those experiences were a little scarier for me. But when we moved to out in Iowa to an acreage, I was about 10 years old. And things just happened from 10 on up till I, how we moved out, just random, random little things happening here and there that I finally put together and that happened to myself and my sister. And Now, I have to ask, this, this probably <clears throat> won't mean anything to listeners who aren't familiar with, you know, the Omaha area, but I grew up right down there in Florence. Uh, oh. Yeah, I grew up right there near 27th and Reddick across the street from Miller Park. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we were 30th and Whitmore. So practically neighbors. <laughs> yes, yes. This is crazy. You know, you cross paths with people and you've been in the same stomping grounds half your life and right? just never knew. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so howdy, neighbor. Howdy. howdy. Yeah. <laughs> so everything kind of started on that on that acreage, you said? Yes, that was the, the main, main thing. I feel like it was, um, we narrowed it down to where we feel that we know it was one one little girl that used to live there. Um, I guess to start off, it was about 1980 when I moved out there. We were I was 10 and my sister was three. Um, and my parents, you know, we had just gotten out there. Um, it's a, a big Victorian style house, um, like on about five acres. And we were out playing and running in and out of the house and just having fun as my mom's putting the house together, you know, putting pictures on the walls and all that stuff. And I, we heard her, you know, yelling, girls, is that you? And didn't really think much of it. And we were yelling back and forth at her. And she's like, girls, stop. Are you, is that you? Um, so we come running in to see what she wanted. And she said, are you guys under the stairs? Because there was like a closet that would go back and you could kind of crawl down under the stairs. And she was standing on the stairs. And I said, no, we've been on the other side of the house. And she said, 
well, are you sure you're not under there? Because something keeps pounding at the, on the stairs underneath my feet. She says, I'll, I'll hammer to put up a picture. And if I hammer four times, she said it would, she would feel after she stopped four times underneath her feet. She'd handle hammer two times. She'd feel it come underneath her feet after she stopped. So she thought it was us. It wasn't, but that was a little odd. That is odd. That's very strange. Almost like a Morse code ghost, you know, knocking right right back at her. Right. 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 Oh my gosh. And creepy that it's coming from underneath. Well, then again, I guess it'd be just as creepy if the sound was coming from the attic or something like that. Right. Yeah. How interesting. Toying kind of play like a playful thing. So we really didn't think much of it, but um, I don't know. I know it was not long after that um, because we were still putting things, you know, setting up our rooms and all that stuff. I was downstairs with my parents and my little sister who was up three. She was upstairs. Um, You just heard a loud crash. And then she come running downstairs crying. Um, And we're like, what happened? She said, there was a little girl climbing on my, on my shelf and knocked everything off and she's just so beside herself so my my dad went upstairs to check things out and the shelf was fine but things were off all over the floor we're like okay really you know was it really a little girl and she just kept she was insistent it was a little girl and she refused to sleep in her room every since then but um so we thought well that's i don't know it could be her imaginary friend we just kind of pushed it off um did she did she um, describe what the girl looked like? Um, she, I don't remember her describing. I know she just said she was little, like she was, um, but that was that was it. She didn't really go into detail about it. And I think at the time, you know, my parents were probably just trying to be dismissive and not have us be scared, so they didn't ask a ton of questions after that. Um, but we just kind of, I just remember being 10 and at that time thinking, I don't know. You know, like, I kept that at the back of my mind. <laughs> you can't, you can't uh, blame her for not wanting to sleep in there anymore. Right. Yeah. Nope. And, she never did. Yeah. And the interesting thing too is, you know, this, this ghost climbing on the, on the cabinet, it left physical evidence. It left a mess. Right. Right. <laughs> So, I mean, it's not like, oh, I saw a shadow in the corner. Like this, this thing left physical evidence of, you know, the room was in disarray afterwards. So that's, I think that's very noteworthy. Yes, yes, definitely. So, you know, we just kind of put that aside. Um, I know this was a few years later, later, because I was older, but um, sleeping in my bedroom waterbed because you know water beds were popular in the 80s i was in the water bed and uh being in an old house you know the floors creak and crack and i you when somebody was walking down the hall i kind of made it a little game so like oh that's dad that sounds like dad that sounds like mom you know you could just tell the the, the way they walk on the creaks of the floor right so you could never creep creep up on anybody so i'm laying in bed and all of a sudden i just know I, I hear a creak in my room, like right next to my bed. I'm like thinking nobody walked down the hall. I didn't hear anybody walk in my room. This something's not right. And so I just slowly pulled the covers up over, over my head and just laid there and listened. Um, and then I felt somebody sit down on the bed and I was the water bed. So you kind of, you know, <laughs> start moving to the side, to the direction that somebody sat. And I just, try not to breathe or anything. I was so scared and laid there. And then um, 
it seemed like forever. It was probably only moments. And then I could feel whoever was sitting there lift up. And then I didn't hear anybody walk out. But I felt like no one was there. So I kind of pulled down the covers a little bit to peek. <laughs> and oh, nobody man. was there. That was probably the scariest moment for me. But again, I was the next day, I'm like, I, yeah, it had to be nothing, you know? <laughs> well, we, you have to tell yourself that or else how are you going to get through the day? I mean, right, right. <laughs> yeah, and, and you're right. On a waterbed, you can absolutely tell the difference. I mean, even oh, on yeah. a regular bed, if somebody sits down, you'll shift a little in the mattress. You can feel that, but it's amplified on a waterbed. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's that's the motion <laughs> in the ocean that you don't want right there. Right, right. Um, <laughs> And, and yeah, I, I understand anyone who's grown up in a creaky old house understands exactly what you mean. Everyone knows those spots in, in the in the floorboard or on the steps. Would that make a creak, a, a specific right. creak when you step on it? And I, it takes me back to the house that I grew up in, you know, sneaking upstairs late at night, uh, you know, trying to get in bed without being heard. And I felt like it was like almost a game of hopscotch or, or better yet, like Indiana Jones sidestepping booby traps because you had to walk on just the right spots of the stairs to avoid a creek. <laughs> yeah. <You know. laughs> Fun little game. <laughs> but it lends it lends credibility to the fact that you may have had a, a spirit entity visitor because if it had been a flesh and blood member of the family, you would have heard the creaks coming into and out of the bedroom, but you didn't. Yes. And I did the next day I did ask because I'm like, it had to be. And, you know, my mom, dad and sister, well, sister was already in the room because she, she slept with me after that, after her experience. But yeah, no one, it was no one. Um, it continued as I, because then, you know, as a teenager, I spent so much time in my room um, you know, as we, we all did listening to music and whatever. Um, but I would be listening to music and I could hear my, my name be called. And I thought it was my mom, you know, I'm like, so I would turn down the radio and yell, what? And, um, she'd never answer. And I'd go down. What'd you need? Well, I didn't, I didn't call you, but, oh, why don't you fold that laundry? You know, I'm like, okay. So this happened several times. And every time I'd go down, she'd say, I didn't call you, but why don't you do the dishes? Why don't you do this? <laughs> you know? So I decided I was going to stop answering because <laughs> of course <laughs> I'm done with that. Save yourself from doing more chores, <laughs> right? man. Like she's, she's losing her mind, you know, she don't remember well, if she called me <laughs> either that or she was in cahoots with the spirit world right? and she's like, Hey ghost, uh, I need the dishes done. So can you holler at Angie? Yeah. Yep, yep. So wow. eventually it happened one time where, um, I did the, yeah, what? And, couple times and I opened up my door to yell down one more time I'm like I better check I don't want to get in trouble and as I did that I realized because it's so quiet nobody's home I forgot nobody was home and that's when my door shut and locked <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. yeah not that that would do much good because nope. uh nope. as I mean I, I would have done the same thing but the reality is ghosts can walk through walls right I, I've literally seen one do that before, but oh my gosh! You know, we we as humans, we you know, we close the curtains, lock the doors, and we we just tell ourselves that that'll keep us safe. Yep, yep. That in the blanket over the head. That in the blanket. Yeah, and you know, you've you've heard I've heard this a few different encounters, and I've experienced this myself. As silly as it sounds. Uh, the real kicker to some paranormal experiences at night or in the bedroom is that if you have to go to the bathroom and you're too afraid <laughs> to get up, you know, and you're like, man, I don't want to 
bump into something that I just heard in the hallway, right. but I, you know, I really got to pee. Yes. Um, I've heard a few different people say that that was their biggest problem having a paranormal uh, occurrence is that they, they just were too afraid to get up. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so did these, did this weird string of sightings and experiences continue? They did. Um, I would say, well, as I got older, um, I, now we're into the nineties, just got married, you know, starting to, to, uh, Sylvia Brown became popular. And so watching her on the Montel show, you know, of course, of course, <laughs> got, yep. Got the interest going and start reading books. And I just started like, you know, wait a minute, you know, growing up, maybe those weren't weird experiences, you know, start thinking those things through. So I started asking my parents and sister, you know, did anything ever happen with you? And, you know, and we started sharing stories and realizing that, yeah, things happened to them too. We just didn't really talk about it. But, and my dad was like, well, you know, there was a little girl that had passed away here and he told his history story and, and he told me her name was Fanny. So after that, we would always say, oh, it must be Fanny, you know, oh, it's Fanny. We just blamed everything on Fanny. And um, so time goes on and my, my, um, we're back home in Omaha. We're going to put stuff up in storage in their parents' attic. Um, so the attic in a Victorian style home is the, you know, it's a big, long staircase with the attic is just a full room upstairs. So as we're walking down the hallway, my dad, my, sorry, my husband's in front of me with his hands full with boxes and he's trying to reach for the light switch. And I watch his hand get close to the light switch. And before it's inches away, before he gets there, the light switch turns on, goes in the up position by itself. So his head just jerks around as fast as it can and looks at me and goes, did you just see that? And course me being a smart aleck i was like well it was fanny just trying to help you out i don't know and then his response was ladies first you go on up <laughs> <laughs> of course and then he, he that's the moment he chooses to be chivalrous and yes yeah well, well you know all things considered i guess that's a, a helpful paranormal moment right? you yeah. know this guy's got his hands full let me get the light for you it's very nice and very nice of her but um so Fanny so redeemed herself in that, in that did. moment. Yeah. She did. <laughs> um, and then it continued with my sister. She would, she lives just a few miles away from my parents and they were on vacation. Um, she called me one day and said, you are not going to believe what just happened. I said, what? She says, well, every time I go out to mom and dad's house, when I pull up into their driveway, she said, I look up at the attic. And she says, I feel like, I always feel like somebody's looking out at me. And I said, I do the same thing. <laughs> and she says, but this time the curtain was pulled aside, um, kind of like somebody's looking out. And she said, you know, I just thought to myself, it's probably caught on a, a nail. I need to go fix that because it's kind of creepy. And she said, and all week, I, she said, I kept forgetting. And it's, you know, been pulled aside all week. And um, she says that today, she was, as I was leaving the driveway, I looked up. But this time in the spot where it's held open, there's a little girl holding open the curtain oh, she said <laughs> she said i screamed slammed on the brake looked back up there and the curtain was down and there was nobody there i'm like oh i am glad i don't live close enough to go <laughs> oh my gosh going there but yeah it, i had then asked her if she went up and checked it out she said no <laughs> nope <laughs> nope <laughs> oh my gosh 
Yeah, that that would have been a little little freaky, I think, if that was me. <laughs> yeah, that'll that'll send off all the you know bells and whistles and alarms inside your brain. Uh, yeah, and I don't know what it is about you know, and maybe it's we've seen this in scary movies, but just that image of a face looking back at you through a window, because it almost signifies you know consciousness. Like this this person is looking at you; they yeah. know that you can see them. And like, why, like, why, why do they need to be looking at you in the first place? It's just right. creepy. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, I, gosh. Uh, the only, the other experience I had that I've never seen a little girl, but, um, I had to go out to spend the night one night with my two little kids. Um, the time they were, um, probably four and six, um, out at their house cause we had a funeral to attend early in the morning. So we spent the night and we were all sleeping in the same bed. Um, and I left the TV on all night for light and for sound just to help me sleep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and as I did that, um, I woke up for, I don't know why, but the TV was off and I'm just kind of laying there thinking, well, that's kind of weird, but maybe it was on the timer, you know, whatever, but it's off. And, and all of a sudden it was almost instantaneous. You know how if somebody, your eyes are closed and somebody's in your face, you, you feel it, you sense it. And so almost the moment I feel like somebody's in my face, I hear in a very high pitched little girl voice, hi. So my eyes, you know, shoot open oh, to look. Yeah. And it was both my kids are out cold. It wasn't either one of them. I don't know what it was, but I was up for the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah. That, who needs an alarm clock when you have a right. ghost in your face? Yeah. Right. It, and Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I know, I know what you mean. And I know all the listeners could relate too. it's just this intuitive feeling of another presence being too close for comfort. Right. You know, it, it's almost, you know, similar to that feeling that somebody's looking at you from across the room. Like, I don't know how it's possible that humans can intuit that, but we can, we can feel when somebody's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, has, has, has their attention focused on us. So. Absolutely. Now, was it any less scary because it, I mean, high pitch girls, little girl's voice, it's almost kind of cute right. or was right. it just as startling because it was just that unexpected? Um, it was startling. I, I guess I, I, I was more startled than actually like really scared. It was unnerving, I guess maybe is the word. Cause then I, I think what I was more afraid of is actually seeing something. I'm like, I don't want to see anything. I don't want to see anything. <laughs> so, right, right. but yeah, I think that was probably just more unnerving because then I did lay awake and I would hear the creaks in the hallway and like, okay, yeah, we're done. <laughs> it's all right. You can just go home now. <laughs> yeah. So, so this, uh, has this carried into like, like modern times, like in the, in recent years, has, has there been any paranormal happenings or was it mostly back then? It was mostly back then. We had, um, my mom and I were talking one time and she's, I said, do you have things happen when we're not here? Because I said, I feel like I don't ever hear any stories when you're not here. And she says, honestly, she goes, I think she was drawn to you girls or and the grandkids. Because we've had experiences with the grandkids like at Christmas one time. Um, the boys got remote control cars. And my son come running up to me and said, Mom, Mom, there's something wrong with the car. I'm like, he says it keeps driving by itself and I'm not driving it. I said, no, but it's probably your cousins. It's probably with their remote, you know signals are getting crossed it's fine 
And I kept trying to explain to him. He kept getting frustrated. And he put the car down on the floor, and it's moving back and forth, doing its thing. And I said, no, Brenda, it's fine. It's okay. He goes, no, Mom. And he picks it up and shows me the bottom, and there's no batteries in it. Oh, like, boy. Okay. So that's staying here at Grandma's. <laughs> so my mom and I had the talk of, does this stuff happen all the time? Like, what's going on? And she said, you know, no, I think it's drawn to, to you girls and the grandkids because when you guys aren't here. That doesn't happen. Um, so with that in mind, I went ahead another time when no one was there. I walked around the house talking to Fanny, whether it's uh -huh. her or not, I don't know. And I just yeah. said, Fanny, we love you to visit, but I'm sure your family misses you and they're in heaven waiting for you. You should go to the other side. And I did that for probably a couple of minutes, just walk around the house. And I've never had an experience since. My sister has it. My parents have have it. I don't know if that did any good, but you know, we just haven't had anything since. That was years ago. Well, it certainly couldn't do any harm. I mean, right. and, and maybe maybe she really was listening. You know, yeah. Maybe she just needed permission to, you know, or just a little friendly nudge to get to the other side. Right. Right. But the the no batteries in the remote control <laughs> car. Oh, it's just yeah. the. Oh, it's just the, uh, I mean, it's almost like the punchline of a scary story. Like the call was coming from inside the house. No, like there was no batteries inside the vehicle. Um, Absolutely. But again, uh, we've probably said it a hundred times on So Strange by now, but for the spirit world to manipulate an electronic toy or whatever, it's, it's really rather easy because it, you know, technically they already have some sort of a, current or or the potential to have a, a power source running through it so for the spirit world to hijack a phone computer remote control car or a light it, it, it's it's honestly not that difficult for them when they're trying to show off right wow but Amazing. if it was my car <laughs> i'd put it in a box i'd i'd duct tape the box shut and i'd bury it in the backyard right <laughs> Wow. Well, this uh, segment was brought to you by Fanny, and uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully she did cross over, and hopefully, uh, yeah. she's uh, chilling with her family in the afterlife by now. Absolutely, I hope so. <laughs> Angie, this this was great having you on. Wonderful stories, and I uh, can't thank you enough for taking the time to be on the season finale. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Take care. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And I started to feel like somebody was watching me. And I'm going and I'm talking to my daughter. And out of the corner of my eye, um, at the back of my car, was a like a light. It was a, like an amber light. It was orangey. It was a little bit bigger than a basketball. Um, right, it almost seemed like it was on my trunk. It was so close to my car. And I knew, I knew it knew I was there. I didn't know. I, at, at first I didn't have any idea. And I ended up even speeding up to almost 70 miles an hour down this one, you know, the one road. 
and it goes up a hill and it went it followed me even though I was going 70 miles an hour and then it went straight up and I turned the corner on the hill and pulled over just to get the video and some still pictures um, the first part of the video is my daughter just screaming to go 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 and I was think like I could feel it knew I was looking at it and and I knew it was look it, I knew that it knew I was looking at it so I stayed pulled over to take the videos and the pictures meanwhile there was a car behind me and they're beeping and he gets out of the car he says is everything okay or what's wrong and I said look 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 and it went from one object in the sky which it was fairly low so I, I could see it fine and it split into two it almost looked like a it just went into two balls then I don't know how to explain it it happened so fast I didn't see any remnants of of it happening and then they flattened out and they were side by side one was a little bit further than the other and the guy behind me was going, holy smokes, get back in your car, holy smokes. And my daughter's still saying, go, go, go. And then it started coming towards us. It was maybe, I don't know, 50 feet off the ground. That's too close. Because I'm thinking it's either going to hit me or take me and my daughter. I, I didn't know because I've seen too many movies and my I, my fear gets a hold of me and... You know, by by this time, she had already gotten out of the car seat, and she was in the passenger seat, you know, hands and, and face up against the window, screaming for me to move, because here they come. And, and they were going very slow, right over the field, and I started to go, and as soon as I started to go, it was like, they were traveling west. So, by the time it got in front of me, they literally... Just, I could, I couldn't even follow it with my eyes, and they were gone. There wasn't even, I couldn't even see them in the distance, like a star or nothing. It was just they were gone. Um, just giving her a bath, and we were playing the uh, nursery rhyme with the cow goes moo, and the sheep go ba, and we're going through, we're singing and and we're squirting her with little duckies and she hit her hands down in the water and looked up at us and said I died in a rock and I thought I call it a rack I, I, I don't know but I, I, it wasn't coming to me and I was like what in the world are you talking about because you were thinking a rock like a boulder or something oh yes a rock and, and she said no I died in a rock and I told my boyfriend I said get in here your child is like saying this so he's she told him dad I died in a rock and he said how she goes I was even in the green zone and I walked out of my barracks and I stepped on something and it blew me up and it was a huge mess she said but don't worry they didn't let me see my body for that long and I, so I went and I got a um, a little uh, 
notepad that we used to write phone numbers and stuff in and I started writing all this down and she had mentioned you know she had been skydiving and there was one case she almost died but she she got a hold of she caught the wind shear and we were like what and she was like yeah but I got out of it and I landed safely and I did all these dangerous things and I could have died that way and when you know it I died in the green zone and, I and you're said, thinking, what in the world is a green zone? What's wind shear? Uh, you know, these these are things that. No, I be... I started like, and then she <laughs> she goes, and now I'm a girl, and I said, oh my god. Now that clip right there was merely a small portion of a full length bonus episode I posted just yesterday for subscribers. I recently had the pleasure to sit down with a lady named Jen uh, with the intent of interviewing her uh, to have her segment appear here on the season finale. And instead of going 15 to 20 minutes, we went nearly a full hour because Jen went on to share with me not only one of the best UFO stories I've ever heard, but also one of the most astonishing accounts of a child remembering past lifetimes that I've ever heard. You know, $4.99 doesn't typically go very far in today's world. I mean, with that amount, you might be able to get yourself a cup of coffee on the way to work, if you're lucky. And uh, while the coffee might be delicious, it doesn't last for very long. So if you're looking to invest in the gift that keeps on giving, uh, please consider becoming a subscriber to this podcast. It's only $4.99 a month, and that gives you access to a super strange bonus episode each and every Thursday. So you can essentially double the amount of strange content with the click of a button. And on many podcasts, I've noticed that becoming a subscriber, it merely gives you like a commercial free episode or maybe a few extra minutes tacked on to the end of the show, you know. But here on So Strange, becoming a subscriber gives you an entire full-length bonus episode every week. So it's more of what you love, you know, Bigfoot stories, UFO encounters, ghost stories, conspiracy theories, and some content that's so strange it doesn't even fit into a category. So click the link in the show notes to become a subscriber. It would seriously mean the world to me. You know, I love creating this show, and it's a labor of love, but the reality is that I invest a tremendous amount of time and energy and money into recording, editing, and producing So Strange. And uh, by becoming a subscriber, you can uh, help me keep the lights on and uh, help ensure that I can continue producing more strange content for many years to come. So uh, thanks again for your support, and now let's uh, let's dive headfirst back into the paranormal swimming pool. Okay, I'd like to welcome Chase to the show. Chase, thanks for being on So Strange. How's it going, Andy? I hope you're doing well. I'm doing great, man. I'm excited to have you on. Uh, for the last, gosh, last couple months, I think it's been, you've been emailing me some pretty cool UFO and alien type stories. So I thought, yeah, yeah, just you just have to come on the season finale and share some of them so we can hear it straight from your lips, you know? Um so, you know, these UFO experiences or encounters, have they been going on for a long time? Uh, all my life, as far as I'm aware, yeah. Um, and maybe even uh, prior to that. <laughs> Who knows uh, at this point? Yeah, well, maybe if you could pick one or two of your, I don't know, uh, favorite encounters or favorite moments and uh, kind of walk us through what happened and, and where you were at and what you were feeling and obviously what you saw. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, I think I'll start with one of the first ones. Um, 
that I remember was probably uh, 2015. Uh, me and a buddy were we make yearly trips out to Colorado, kind of, and uh, you know uh, we were driving. Uh, we we took a, a different route um, than we usually take because we we were going to spend a lot of time up in the northern side of Colorado when usually we just go down to Colorado Springs. Um, so we, you know, kind of headed north towards Wyoming, towards Cheyenne from North Platte. And, uh, you know, we probably hit Sydney as maybe nine, 9.30-ish, um, mid, mid-September or kind of late August. Um, so, it was, so it was dark by then. It was pretty dark by then, yeah. yeah. And you're out in the middle of nowhere. The skies are just black like you could probably see the milky way out there and everything um, yeah, and, and out in colorado i mean it's pretty squatchy territory so you're usually thinking bigfoot when you're out in those parts but i guess when you keep your eyes to the sky you can see other things as well yeah um kind of kind of along 45 as i think it is 45 south from cheyenne it's still kind of uh kind of plainsy um you haven't hit the squatchy areas yet yeah um, but, uh, yeah, I think our final destination was about around Fort Collins. Um, but yeah, as you leave Sydney, probably about 15, 20 minutes outside of Sydney, um, I started to just get a weird kind of feeling. Um, and I kind of looked back and, uh, it's all over my back, right? And it was so dark kind of that you could just barely see there's a dirt road that kind of runs alongside that highway there. And... Um, I'm kind of like looking back and there's a, a blue light, like an orb almost just kind of following us down this road or it's on the dirt road. We're on the highway. And admittedly, we, it was nine 30 at night. We're tired. We wanted to get to Fort Collins, um, to go to bed. <laughs> um, and so we're probably booking it 90, 95 miles an hour, uh, down the, the regular paved highway. This thing's keeping up with us. It's pacing our car um, quite well at 95 miles an hour on a dirt road, which if you've driven a dirt road, that's a death sentence, like especially if you have to stop or turn. Oh, no, you're you're going to fishtail and slide all over the place if you're on a dirt road going that fast. Yeah, and then it kind of just um, did something we weren't expecting. It went past that death wish and sped up in front of our car. Um, which 90, it was going at least 200 down the dirt road. And then I'm sitting there with my buddy. And when it was back here, I'm like, you know, bud, I don't want to alarm you. He's seen several of my instances of UFO spottings and even spotted some himself. And I go, I don't want to alarm you, but there's a, a light that's kind of following us. And when it shoot shot in front of us, it was almost like, uh, it kind of wanted to say, Look, you've seen me, Chase. How about your buddy sees me too? Get a give him a better view. Um, that's that's the feeling you got in the moment that, like, on some level, they were trying to show off for your buddy. Yeah, it, it almost felt like this. Like, hey, look at me! Look what I can do! This is freaking cool, you know? Like, well, and then and it now, just. Oh, sorry. I, I'm ahead. sorry. So you said it was on the dirt road. So you you mean it was like. Uh, ground level almost like where a car would be so it wasn't it wasn't high up in the sky by any means no 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 this was probably ground level it, i mean it, by the 
look of it, it was probably hovering just above ground level, or not hovering, but speeding along just above. Now, size-wise, we talk in, uh, you know, size of a baseball, basketball, the size of a car. You know, what, what kind of size reference did you did you get off this thing? I would say probably like, I mean, given the dispersion of light, probably like the size of you would think a headlight would look um, okay. on maybe like a motorcycle. It's just a single one. Um, but yeah, it, I have no explanation for it. Um, you know, than, mo- motorcycles aren't, well, motorcycles can go 200 miles an hour, generally not on a dirt road. No, no you're, you're talking maybe <laughs> under controlled conditions on a, uh, you know, on an airport runway, you know, for a special speed test, not on a dirt road, not at nighttime. Cause again, that's a, that's a death wish. Yeah. Uh, especially for a motorcycle, even that would be insane. Well, and headlights um, aren't blue, right? Well, I mean, you got the xenon bulbs that kind of, this was like a deep, deep blue too. Um, and then like kind of after it sped in front of us, it would fall back and fall back behind us. That's a break of a hundred mile an hour break, probably going, following behind us again at 90 miles an hour. And then it would shoot forward again and then fall back. And it would do this for 10 or 15 minutes until... Uh, we hit Cheyenne, I think it was. Um, and then Cheyenne. <laughs> um, you have these kind of smokestacks or like sugar burning. St- I don't know what they are, but um, big stacks that just kind of rise up into the sky. Um, and you would see these this kind of bar of lights. It would be a three light bar. Uh, you'd have one in the middle and one on left, one on right. Um it wasn't a delta shape. It was just the bar of three. Um, and they would be weaving in and out through these stacks. Um, and FAA, they would never allow that for many things. And this was 2015. So I don't think drones had popped up then. Certainly not as common. I mean, there may have been drones, but n- not nearly as common. And you said kind of delta shaped, so it's it's like triangle shaped almost. No, no, not delta shaped. They were they were like a bar, like oh, just like a straight line of these three lights, kind of just in the in a line formation, right? Okay, okay. Um, but when they would turn, they did just weird stuff that you wouldn't think an aircraft could do because aircraft when they bank, they require centrifugal force to kind of power around that turn. Well, these things, when they would turn, they would spiral so that the outer two lights would kind of go around the center one. Um, and I'm, we're watching this as we're coming down the South road out of Cheyenne or the South highway out of Cheyenne. And just as we probably get to the outer city limits, um, one of these, lights would kind of get up over the highway and we would see all three lights just get really, really bright. And these were probably, they, these were orange or like amber colored. Okay. So what you would probably think a jet engine would spit out flame wise, like a fighter jet. Um, I don't know any fighter jets with three engines, but um, they would get really, really big. Like uh, <laughs> I'm talking like probably, uh, the size of like an actual like jet liner. Um, Holy smokes. And then 
it would just shoot off a unknown speed down the highway, stop, and reverse. Not turn around and come back. No, reverse. Um, and it was a sight. Um, when we finally did get to Fort Collins, um, we were staying at this, I don't remember what hotel it was. I think it was a Motel 6. It was right outside of Waffle House, just before you get to Fort Collins even. Um, we get to our hotel, shack up for the night, go to sleep, uh, wake, like we didn't sleep very well um, at all. It was really cold in the room. Um, I woke up and I'm like, why is it so cold? Turn the heater on. And my buddy goes, the heater is on. Uh, it's been on all night. <laughs> um, and I go in the bathroom and kind of get ready for the day. We get packed up and my buddy, when I'm in the bathroom goes, you know, the doors open. It, it's a jar. The, the, you know, the little flip over kind of bolt catch, um, had caught the door from opening all the way, but it was cracked open. So somebody had either a key or a way to get in but couldn't get past that lock. And when we went outside, it was the oddest thing because I've never seen this in Colorado in my, in all the times I've been out there since I was a kid. Um, it was dense fog, dense, dense fog. Um, we were on the second floor of this place and you could not see the ground at all. It was crazy. Um, yeah, that adds some creepy ambiance for sure. Yeah. Um, especially from like the stuff I hear from, uh, nowadays that I'm interested in this stuff from remembering this, like stuff I hear from David Pilates and stuff like that of people going missing out there and weather phenomena and stuff like that. So, right. Right. That's strange. Well, backing up, backing up a little bit to the, uh, uh, you know, the, the crafts that were flying in and out of the, the smokestacks. So they were changing in size. They were like shrinking and expanding. Yeah. Uh, um, it would always be three lights, but yeah, they would grow um, to the size that, of a passenger. I mean, I'm stating the obvious here, but drones can't do that. And and no. back in 2015, I think there was drones, but they were far less popular. They were probably only used, you know, or primarily used for commercial purposes, not for private entertainment. Yeah, I don't think you, did, you could just go to the store and buy one at a decent at a decent price like you can nowadays. But even if you could, I mean, drones can't shrink and grow in size. So I don't know what you saw. This thing barrel rolling and zipping around like a, like one of these little fighter planes from Star Wars. Holy smokes. Yeah, it was very weird. Very, very weird. Um, Do you ever get the guess... feeling, Chase, that they're like, that, that they're like studying you? Or, I mean, you've, you've had so many encounters. And I know, you know, we I've, I've spoken to people who are, left asking the question, like, why me? Why why have I had so many UFO sightings? Like, are they studying me? Are they following me? Are they, you know, charting my growth as a human being as I make my way through through life? <laughs> What's the feeling that you get? It just right place, right time? Or um, um, I, Honestly, uh, with experiences and with the stuff that <laughs> I believe might be in my body, um, I think it's a genetic, uh, a genetic um, lineage. Maybe it would be like a, they they kind of follow the family tree. Um, I think 
dad might have had something. I don't know. Um, but aside from that, yeah, um, I have a little kind of bump on my wrist here. I don't know. Well, you could probably see it, but the viewers probably can of a yeah of a little kind of thing there. I've taken that to doctors. They're like, that's in the skin. That's not under the skin. That's in the skin. We aren't really sure what that is. Dude, they microchipped um, you. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Um, <laughs> I have no other explanation. Hey, you know, how long has that been in there? Did you like just wake up one day and it was there? Yeah, that was about uh, early, early 2015, All just right. before that experience in September. So, hey, you hear these cases, you watch enough UFO documentaries, there's thousands of people all around the world who are finding uh, foreign objects, you know, under the skin, in their body. Uh, some of these are, you know, various metallic substances that are not naturally occurring inside the human body. I don't know. Maybe they are keeping tabs on you. They're, maybe we'll never find out, but it kind of does make you wonder. I mean, if they can travel hundreds of thousands of light years to get here, dodging asteroids and, and all this kind of stuff, it, certainly they would have the technology to implant somebody and follow them, you know, and, and you do, uh, you do see that chase of it being a multi-generational thing of grandparents having experiences and then parents do, and then children do, um, you know, and some people think it's really cool. Uh, some people are really, really creeped out and, you know, they have one sighting and never want to have another one ever again. So, uh, you yeah. seem to not be too traumatized by it, which is good. Um, I've kind of, it, it's at the start, it was kind of rough. Um, it was a very uh, much a spiritual awakening with a lot of tears and a lot of pain. Um, but lately, it's been more of um, a longing for home, almost like sure. a just a, a missing of a family member, kind of. Um, but that, I mean, it, yeah was interesting that you mentioned, uh, you know, grandparents and stuff like that. Uh, the other one I had was at my um, grandma's house. Um, and actually, it's really weird because um, in the dream state or in visitations, it's a lot of stuff takes place at grandma's house. Um, and whether it's, you know, I'm in a room or whatever, it's kind of just a regular, like, He'll walk in. I'm kind of paralyzed at that point. And then once I kind of compose myself, the, it releases and I'm able to talk and stuff like that. But uh, it, it all seems to kind of take place in that dream state that aren't like actual like UFO sightings or something like that. So I can't say yes. I can't say no. It's just, you know, kind of um, an experience. Um so you're basically talking almost like a sleep paralysis type feeling? Um, yeah, but it's like a, almost like electrical. Like you feel like you kind of touched your fingers to two sides of a battery or something while they were wet. and It's just okay. like a mild, dull shock, but it you can't move. You can't do anything. It is interesting. And uh, anyone who's experienced sleep paralysis, it's not a pleasant sensation. Uh, I've been lucky enough to only experience it once or twice throughout my life. Uh, but interestingly enough, a lot of people who are prone to sleep paralysis <clears throat> are prone to having UFO experiences and UFO sightings and dreams about aliens. And, you know, for those listening who may not be familiar, sleep paralysis is essentially 
when your mind is awake, but your body's still asleep. You know, you're, you're aware, you're conscious that of where you're at, but you cannot move a muscle almost as if somebody's temporarily paralyzed you. And, um, yeah. And the really fun part is the, uh, quote unquote hallucinations that tend to take place. Now, science claims to have a, you know, down to earth explanation for this, but yeah, a lot of people during sleep paralysis will see what they, uh, describe as ghosts or demons or, monsters or aliens, you know, in their bedroom around them during sleep paralysis. Um, my sister actually had an experience just like that. Um, but I, I want to go back uh, to what you said a couple minutes ago, Chase, this home, you said homesickness, this feeling of, you know, you want to go home and, you know, maybe not many people can relate to that, but just a couple episodes, I had a guest on the show named Anna, and we were talking about star seeds, you know, aka mm-hmm. people who seem like old souls, people who are sensitive, intuitive, uh, compassionate, and one of the one of the uh, top, I think it was like top twenty two characteristics of a star seed is uh, you know fe- a feeling of homesickness, a feeling of you wanting to go home, like you don't really belong on Earth. Like your true home is somewhere out there in the cosmos, you know, connected to your uh, cosmic, uh, you know, brothers and sisters. And it sounds really hocus pocus, woo woo. But I, I, I'm, I guess I'm just trying to say I, I get you, man. I, I understand. And a lot of people, uh, I'm sure, uh, can relate to that that feeling of wow, this this is a really crazy planet I got dropped off on. What am I doing here? You know. I, I definitely feel uh, uh, definitely uh, kind of. Pardon the pun. Alienated from society at times. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, in you know, and it's it's not a good feeling. But at the same time, uh, I feel like if you can find your tribe, as I like to call it, you know, a couple friends, couple buddies, maybe a family member or two who speaks your language and is into the ghosts and the UFOs or whatever you're into, you know. And you you said spiritual awakening, and you you kind of do, man. You, you just exude this kind of kindness about you. So uh, I, I don't know. I'm going to put you in the category of star seed. I don't know. Maybe these aliens that are following you are your long lost cousins. Who knows? I, I, I don't doubt it. Andy, thank you. <laughs> Is there any other experience that comes to mind? Um, are those the, yeah, those the key ones or do you want to share one more? Uh, I could definitely do one more. Um, yeah, go for it. This one was a uh, probably 2018 2017 i think it was august again um it they seem to kind of happen like every couple months maybe but this one just so happened <clears throat> excuse me i just so happened to uh take place in august again and uh me and a buddy um were out at grandma's or it's the same same buddy actually um so maybe there's a connection a kind of dual kind of thing there um where we were out at grandma's and we had we had the excuse <laughs> to go out to grandma's we were going to watch the 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 lunar eclipse and i think it was august it might have been 2017 20 2017 2018 august there was a, a lunar eclipse uh that night and i'm kind of adamant not to tell grandma about any of this stuff because i don't want her to be afraid in her own home so we kind of, you know, passed it off. We're going to watch the lunar eclipse. We're going to sit on the driveway. Um, but since 2015, between 2015, 2018, or 2017, whichever it was, um, 
I had I watched some documentaries and Dr. Greer um, with his CE5 stuff kind of started to creep into my life, um, creepy and just kind of slowly. Um, and we kind of started to do this. And this was the first time I did CE5 with this friend. And um, I'm going to I'm going to pause here and just explain yeah. for anyone listening who may not be familiar. Uh, Dr. Stephen Greer, uh, well-known UFO researcher. He's been at this for decades He's well-connected with government officials and other UFO researchers, and he's put together a protocol, which he calls CE5. It stands for Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. Now, <laughs> call it what you want, but Dr. Greer, Dr. Greer has a kind of cutting-edge theory that extraterrestrials and all these UFO sightings, that they're so advanced that there's almost a spiritual aspect to it. So the CE5 protocol is an app that you can download for free, and basically what it is is getting together some open-minded friends, essentially meditating with this protocol in the backyard on a blanket, whatever, and and mentally trying to call in or, or lure in uh, the UFOs. Sounds nuts, but when people do it, it actually works. People all around the world in almost every country on Earth have been trying this, and lights in the sky show up. They do zippity-doo-dahs and figure eights, and they go forward and backwards, and they come down and go back up, and... And it, it all seems to be, you know, uh, a, a telepathic connection, if you will. So sorry to interject there, Chase, but that's that's what he's talking about. Uh, I just wanted to explain that for the listeners. That's the CE5 protocol. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. You guys sure. you guys are doing this there. At, 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 <laughs> oh, did you say it yeah. was at Grandma's house? Yeah, it's at Grandma's okay. house. And she's kind of outskirts-ish Omaha area. So you got a, a good view of, of downtown and Epley and stuff from her place and um, we're on top of a, a pretty big hill. Um, so, I mean, we have, you know, the widest view you could probably get anywhere out here. Um, and we're kind of looking at down at Epley and we're looking up at the moon, watching the eclipse and watching the planes kind of do their little dance coming in and out of Epley. And, um, we start listening and doing all the protocols for CE5 and, um, it wasn't probably 10 minutes into the protocols. And I mean, they're like an hour long, it's 10 minutes. And we see kind of a, a plane almost look like it's coming towards us. Um, and then I kind of kooky, you know, like you say, woo woo me, like starts physically speaking to whatever this is. Cause I'm having a feeling that whatever it is, is not a plane. And I go, can you, can you get bigger? I think is what I said to it. And it, I mean, 70 degree angle and it's probably maybe mile, mile and a half out, maybe two at the most. So this thing is a Zeppelin in the sky. That's a light. And I, I'm, we're sitting here watching this and it's probably 20 minutes that it was sitting there before I even turned to my buddy and I said, you know, if that was a plane, that would have reached us by now. And he just goes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was it. We, we kind of, I'm like, we're probably sit there maybe five minutes more watching this thing. And, um, I just go, well, we can go. We saw what we wanted to see. We got the moon and this, whatever it is sitting there. And I was thinking, you know, whatever it is, is going to just pop out or zip off or whatever. No, it just sat there 
as we kind of drove off and I made sure I was kind of checking my, my phone and stuff, watching the time. There was no missing time, nothing like that. Um, it was just there and we drove off. It might've even stayed there after we left. I don't really know. Um, but we drove out of sight. Now, when you, when you, uh, like mentally or, or even out loud, when you told it to get bigger, it, it did get bigger. It responded apparently. Yeah. Um, very it was cool. very just odd. I have no explanation for that. Um, for if it was a plane, it was a weird coincidence that that would be, or even like a, the able one police helicopter for it to respond to that or whatever it did. It's a coincidence of astronomical fun again, <laughs> proportions. Right. Right. But you know, again, though, if it was an aircraft, unless it was a helicopter, but if it was an airplane, it, it could not have been approaching for that long of time. No, you know? that would have been over the horizon behind us. And again, you think, okay, a drone could hover there, but a drone's not as big as the thing that you were looking at. No, this was like a, a 70 degree pie in the sky about two miles out. So basically, we need to call Dr. Stephen Greer and tell him we need to shorten the CE5 <laughs> protocol from an hour to 10 minutes. Because that's all it takes, right? Uh, this time it did, yeah. Other times it's taken me about two hours. But yeah, this time it was on the dot. They must have been sitting there waiting. There you go, Something. just wait, waiting to show off. Now, was it the same <laughs> buddy who saw the green orb on the dirt road with you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Maybe he's the lucky charm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's probably been five that he's seen too. So, or five of five with me, different sightings that he's seen. So, well, you might want to tell that buddy to check his wrist for an implant <laughs> as well. I don't know. Maybe they're keeping tabs on both of you. Oh, uh, will do. Will do. <laughs> well, Chase, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and sharing these uh, unique and strange experiences. I'm a little jealous. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little jealous. I wish I had. I've I've had as many uh, bizarre sightings as you have. But uh, next time you see them, send them my way. As long as they're friendly, okay? Well, do Andy. I'm so grateful. Thank you. And uh, you know, I I'd actually I want to invite you. Maybe uh, if you're down sometime, we can go go out to Grandma's house, and I can show you the the view we had and oh, all man. that stuff so. I, I would love that tell grandma tell grandma we'll be there no questions asked and uh, we'll see if we can call them in and uh if it only takes 10 minutes hey you know jackpot <laughs> but uh yeah. yeah and any again anyone else listening you can download it is a free app doesn't cost a dime ce5 protocol from dr greer round up your friends throw on your tinfoil hats sit in the backyard and see what happens what's i mean you know it's 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 fun it's free it's uh, it's it's eccentric, but again, if you're listening to this show, you must be a little strange yourself. So, uh, but again, Chase, thanks for coming on the show. We appreciate your time, and you take care, my friend. Big love, Andy. Have a good one. You too. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Okay, now I'd like to welcome Kelly to the show. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to be on So Strange, Kelly. How's it going? It's going great. Thank you so much for having me today. I really appreciate the time that you're taking to, to bring me on. 
No, it's it's fun. You know, I I always say, you know, some people collect rocks, some people collect shot glasses or stamps. I collect stories. You know, that's I love a good story. And and without people like you coming on the show, you know, it's 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 just so valuable to have a, a collection, a, a compilation of of stories. You know, each one more bizarre than the next. Um, oh, so for sure. Wh- yeah. So what do you have today? Did you have uh, some ghost stories in mind, or or wh- where did you want to start? Yes. So I have a couple of ghost stories. Um, I would say the most bizarre one. So growing up in Hamburg, my parents had this old farmhouse. Um, it was originally my grandparents' house. And we, as, as a child growing up, I would be there all the time. I always felt that there was something a little off in this one hallway. And I would see shadow figures walking up the stairs to said hallway. Um, One night, I had gone back to my parents' house. I was having a very rough, rough night. I couldn't sleep. I had my door open to my, my old bedroom. Usually, I shut it because of this hallway. But I had brought my dog and my cat with me. And uh, so I left my door open because my dog, Abe, he liked to patrol the house at night. And I far be it for me to stop him. So left the door open. I'm crying off and on. I am not asleep at all. I can see into this hallway. And I see these two shadow figures that I had seen my entire life poke their head into my bedroom. And then they became actual apparitions. One was a man and one was a woman. The man walked slowly, walked, floated slowly to the side of my bed, and he cocked his head to the side and slowly bent down to where his face was right next to my face. And apparently my fight or flight is just I play possum. I don't move. Okay. <laughs> the uh, lady, yeah, the lady, she walks um, in, on the front of my bed, but she just kind of dissipates. And then after he reaches this point of being right next to my face, he leans back up and then they both dissipate. And my cat, of course, just sleeps through the whole thing. Nothing oh, of course. Faces her. Of course. Yeah. Now, was yeah. your dog out of the room at the time? Yes. Um, so my dad was downstairs and he had this habit of anytime Abe would go walking back upstairs to check on me, he would call him back down because he loved that dog. So he was, he was all about having him for company, which I wasn't going to do anything about. I was like, yeah, you go, you do your thing, Abe. It's fine. (laughs) But yeah. And also I will say my parents had a basset hound in that same house. There was another apparition. It felt to me different. And every once in a while, their basset hound Max, he would um, trot into the dining room and just stare. And I could kind of see what he was seeing, but not completely. But I knew that I know that you're looking at something that other people can't see. I can kind of see it, but not totally. (laughs) So... At least uh, the animals and I knew what was going on. 
Well, right. And, you know, dogs, you know, not only are they intuitive, but they have extra senses. You know, their sense of smell is heightened and, and their sense of hearing is more keen than, than humans. So, you know, add up all those senses. And is it any wonder why they can see, you know, spirit right. entities, you know, relatively easily? Uh, now, that that spirit who bent down uh, was all up in your bubble, all up in your personal space. Uh, yes. And, and now... It was dark, you know, kind of dark and shadowy from the sounds of it. Could you make um, out any features on this person's face, or was it kind of just a, a, a dark uh, human-shaped was, figure? No, I could see he had on a white button-up shirt, suspenders, and black pants. Um, his hair was parted in the middle. He had dark hair. I don't remember facial features necessarily, but I remember those key specific Part so you got him. a nice and long look at this person. <laughs> it was a lot longer than what I wanted, but yeah. Wow. You know, it almost makes you wonder if, uh, since there was a man and a woman, you know, were they an old married couple who had lived there once upon a time, or were these, were they unrelated? <laughs> I, that's a great question. I almost feel like that might have been their house. I know uh kind of that they um that house originally belonged to either a doctor or a veterinarian um there was a barn out in the back and we often found old medicine bottles out in the barn so i don't know if that would be that couple but that would be my best assumption now so. we're speculating here or i'm i'm just speculating <laughs> and and thinking out loud but you know, if if it was a doctor who lived in that house once upon a time, that may have been the era where, you know, a doctor might take um, house calls. You know, it wasn't completely unheard oh, yeah. of for a doctor to go to somebody's house or to have sick people come to the doctor's house uh, back in Absolutely. the old Uh You know, right. and if that's the case, if that's the case, you know, having sick people, you know, in and out of the house, that kind of contributes some heavy energy. Uh, kind of leaves a residual stamp that's, you know, kind of, I don't know, wonky vibes, you could say. Absolutely. And that does make sense to me that it could have been, hey, I've got this patient that's crying all day and night. Let me go check on her and see if she's okay. But I, yeah, it was, it was creepy for sure. But well, I mean, the, yeah, I don't know. I was going to say, at least he didn't put a stethoscope on your chest or something, right? I mean, <laughs> but that's yeah. too close for comfort. I mean, when he bent over, that that to me indicates uh, intelligence or consciousness. It wasn't just a residual replay from the past. I mean, he clearly saw you and was almost like he was yes. inspecting you, right? Yes, yes. And the lady, I don't know, she was just, she walked on the other side, like towards the foot of the bed, walked around it, and then that was it for her. So I don't, but that's okay. She can stay down there. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so physically, like physiologically, emotionally, what are you, what are you feeling in the moment? I mean, was heartbeat racing and you said you were kind of just frozen in fear. Uh, yeah, I was, um, Obviously very distraught from what had happened earlier in the day, but at that moment, I, yeah, I was frozen in fear, was afraid to move, but also questioning, am I really seeing this? 
but I know that that is exactly what I saw. Like I can see it clear as day as I'm describing it to you other than obvious facial features, but, but yeah, I could, I could see it. I could like, it was a palpable energy. Um, yeah, it, it was terrifying. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it. And, you know, suffice to say, you, you know, you're, you weren't dreaming, you weren't hallucinating. I mean, you knew what he was wearing, the button down shirt, the suspenders, the parted haircut. Uh, those are, those are key details. Uh, so, you know, unlike some ghostly sightings where you can, uh, you know, just barely catch a, a glimpse of them or they're completely see-through, you, you got a good, nice look, long look at this guy. Um, yes, you know, yeah. and, just a couple weeks ago, Kelly, I, I had a someone named Eddie on the show, and Eddie was talking about a time where he was in kind of a dark place, going through a divorce and just kind of depressed and crying. And that's that's when he saw a ghost, a ghostly figure in his bedroom. And it kind of makes you wonder, you know, are these ghostly entities, are they drawn to people, you know, when your vibration's low, like when you're going through a tough time, when you're, you know, when you're crying or depressed? Does that does that energy attract their energy, you know? Or does it contribute to help them to manifest in any way? Exactly. Yeah, that too. Yeah. You know, so we can only theorize and maybe nobody will have all the answers. But uh, how old was the house? I mean, you said it was kind of an older farmhouse. It was built in the 1890s. So a couple okay. years old. Yeah, a couple of years old, indeed. Um, now, aside from aside from that, do you, have you had other experiences that kind of made the hair on your arm stand up? Yes. Um, so back in my 20s, I had a studio apartment. Um, I was going to massage school. And every once in a while, out of the corner of my eye, I would see this little old lady. She had curly hair. She had on a nightgown. And she would just kind of pop her head out from a doorway here and there. And there weren't a lot of doorways. So, um, but I knew that I was seeing her and I would just kind of, hey, how are you? Because, you know, we're both in the same space. So <laughs> let's be cordial. Um, I had one of my friends over and we were going to watch a movie and he noticed her and he said, it's is there a woman in your house? And I said, well, other than me, are you talking about the little old lady? And he said, yes. And I said, yeah, I see her too. And he's like, well, I hope she's paying rent. This must have made her very angry because the next thing I know, the light in my apartment turned off, turned back on. The TV turned off turn back on the dvd player turned off turn back on clock reset everything just it wasn't all at the same time and it was too slow to for me to think that it was all on the same circuit and we just had some kind of power surge issue and so i chewed my friend out and i said please don't make my spirit friend mad because i have to live with her <laughs> so, and I didn't have any other issues with her after that, but she was still around the entire time I was there. She was never malicious. She just was there. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe she didn't like you having visitors. <laughs> maybe she was a jealous maybe. ghost. 
She might have been. Maybe she wanted me to consult with her first before having people over. I don't know. I like your approach, though, in trying to be cordial, because, I mean, if you're going to cohabitate with a spirit entity, you want to be on good terms. That's why, you know, when I watch these ghost shows, which I which I don't do very often, I tend to gravitate towards the alien or Bigfoot shows. But you watch these yeah. ghost hunter type shows, and they're always antagonizing the ghosts. You know, come at me, bro. You know, do something. You know, calling it names. And it's like, come on, people. Like. And it's ripping just, their shirt off and showing their muscles to a ghost oh, it's, is ridiculous. It's, it's very testosterone-y, yeah. It is. Um, but I like your approach. You know, be nice. Uh, ghosts, you know, we're once upon a time people just like we are. And I also like your scientific uh, breakdown of the electronical abnormalities because yeah you're right if it was just a regular old uh power glitch or power outage everything would have gone off at the same time but it was little by little one at a time and that that almost indicates something in there was messing with your electronic frequencies oh yeah for sure and i to me you know she was there first she's apparently i would assume been there longer than i could ever know about but she was there first. This is her home. I'm just hanging out and paying rent. And, you know, as long as we're getting along together, I I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least she had good boundaries, unlike the unlike the guy in suspenders who was all up in your face. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He was he was something else. Yeah. Well, it was and you said this was a studio apartment, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So even though she wasn't, uh, you know, malicious or anything like that. Was it a little unnerving because studio apartments are kind of a very open floor plan? So in other words, did you did you kind of feel exposed given that it was like one big room uh, or did it not really make much of a difference? It didn't make a whole lot of difference. It would just every once in a while startle me because I had I had a futon. And so at night I would put the futon down so I could go to sleep and on one side was the on one side of the futon was the doorway that went to the kitchen and on the other side of the futon was the doorway that went to the bathroom and almost every night she would pop her head out of the kitchen and look down and then she'd be gone so it was just like a very it was very quick but it did startle me every once in a while when i wasn't prepared for it Sure. That makes sense. Uh, and uh, truth be told, even if it was, uh, you know, like a different floor plan with sectioned off rooms, I suppose it doesn't make any difference when you consider the fact that a ghost can walk through walls and doors anyways, right? I wonder because there was my my studio apartment had there was four other apartments in this section. And so I often wondered and I. I was pretty introverted, as I still mostly am, but I wondered if she went to everybody's apartment or if it was just mine. Maybe she was a, a landlord and she was checking on everybody. I, I don't know. Yeah, it'd be interesting to, to look into that, um, you know, to, to find out who the landlord used to be. Now, the tricky part might be to track down a picture of said landlord because, uh, <laughs> you know, if this was a long time right. ago. But, yeah, it does it does kind of make you wonder. And it's funny you say that because that thought crossed my mind, too. Like, was this somebody who was looking after the well-being of the tenants, you know? 
Right, right. I don't know if this, if it was her property and they just tore it down and built this, or if this was her property and she was at one point a landlord. I mean, it could go either way, or there could be a whole other explanation that is beyond logic at this point. Well, and as I've said a million times, I, th I think people are more haunted than places. So, you know, a person like yourself who's prone to paranormal happenings, it could happen in a studio apartment just the same as an old farmhouse, or you could move into a brand new house next week that no one's ever lived in. You could you could still have uh, ghostly activity because if you can see them, they know that and they'll, you know, they're drawn to you. Yeah, absolutely. But we, we moved to St. Petersburg last uh, summer and we just just recently bought this house and I've already seen a guy in a blue button-down shirt and jeans not harmful but I was painting a ceiling and I looked down and he was holding the ladder for me which I was like cool thank you <laughs> oh my gosh that might be a first yeah it was very nice of him and I've only seen him a handful of times I have since saged the house, but he's, he's harmless. And I did speak to somebody, uh, down here. Actually, a lot of people, since I've been down here, when we had, uh, the threat of that hurricane, who had mentioned to me that, um, we're in a, uh, sacred Indian burial ground area. And so this land is protected. And one woman in particular said, you know, you will see a lot, um, because you, are a little bit more open to it. She's like, your third eye is blocked or whatever. But she's like, once you open that up, you're going to see a lot more. But she said it's very common to see uh, different apparitions of people around here. That That is very interesting. And uh, also, by the way, uh, Florida, kind of a hot spot for UFO sightings. I believe it's in the top five states for unidentified uh, aircrafts, you know, zipping around the skies. So look up every now and again. I will. I'll definitely do that. But I like just the image of the ghost holding the ladder for you. It's just, it's fun. It's kind of funny. I mean, and, you know, your response, kind of, oh, thank you. You know, and actually earlier on this episode, we had a, another guest who was talking about a ghost who flipped on a light switch when her and her husband were, were carrying boxes into a room. So, yeah, there are some ghosts yeah. out there that can be helpful and pleasant and cordial. And, yeah. uh, but I think they maybe mirror our energy. And you, you know, you seem like a very kind soul. So you're probably attracting the nicer ghosts. And uh, well, that's all I ever want. The nice ones. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll let the, we'll let the grumpy ghost, uh, you know, go after the guys on the ghost hunting shows that are provoking them. Right? Exactly. Yes. Yes, <laughs> please. Get, get what they deserve. Um, well, Kelly, uh, thank you. And uh, do keep us posted if you have any other strange happenings uh, there, you know, in the future. And um, thanks for sharing your stories. They're, they're entertaining. It's it, you painted a nice picture to make us feel like we were right there with you. And uh, yeah, thanks oh, absolutely. again. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate, again, letting me be a part of your show. I, I love this, and hopefully we'll uh, have another round of ghost stories coming through. So, Well, sounds good. We'll, 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 uh, we'll await for that. And until then, you have a great day, okay? You as well. Thank you so much. Bye, Kelly. Bye. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, we did it. We finally reached the finish line of this strange marathon. And I hope this episode left you terrified, intrigued, and thoroughly entertained. And now, we can officially begin the countdown to the next season finale, which will once again be a collection of bizarre and strange stories from fans of the show. And as far as season finales go, you know, I like this little tradition that we've started, and I don't know about you, but I say we keep it going indefinitely. And meanwhile... I've uh, actually received a lot of positive feedback regarding the guests that I've had on the show in recent weeks. So I've decided to modify the format of the show ever so slightly. So beginning in Season 3, I plan to have a guest on the program every other week. So that goes for the regular episodes available to the public, and it also applies to the super strange bonus episodes for subscribers. So every other week... I'll have a special guest on the show to share some spooky stories, and then the other half of the episodes I'll be solo, providing you with uh, you know articles and content that I can round up from around the world. So I hope you're looking forward to that, and if you would like to be a guest on the show, you can reach me at andymyersmanagement at gmail.com. So Happy New Year to all of you. Thanks for listening, and I hope that for all of us, 2023 is a year that is happy, memorable, and most of all, so strange. Okay, our next guest, ladies and gentlemen, is without a doubt my favorite person in the entire multiverse. I want to welcome to the show my special guest, my daughter, Sky Myers. Hi. Hi, Sky. So I'm going to share two mysteries which I saw in person. And the first one has to do with a fairy, right? Well, can I actually do with the UFO one? Sure, start with the UFO one. That'll work. So... Me and my dad were going back home, I mean, not back home, but to this, like, trolley thing, and when we were driving, we were next to the Elkhorn Water Tower, and there was no airplane lines or any lights, and it was too big to be a drone, but too small to be an airplane. And so we think it's a UFO. It's this red glowing dot that was standing there, and there's no like blinking lights. And it was right mm-hmm. above and about a block away from the Elkhorn Water Tower. And it was just hovering there, glowing, kind of glowing red, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And it looked too, way too big to be a drone, right? Mm-hmm. And way too small to be an airplane. And plus, airplanes have blinking 
kites and helicopters make lots of noise and look a lot different like with blades so and so our thought was we would and this was at nighttime so we couldn't see we thought maybe it was the top of a tower like a radio or cell tower so we decided to go back a couple days later and there was no tower there Mm-hmm. then the mystery uh got even more puzzling because we thought what the heck did we see hovering in the air it wasn't attached to the water tower maybe it was a ufo i'm not sure were you scared in that moment when we not really like i was hoping that it was a tower thing or a different thing yeah it certainly was strange but we did our you know, we, we tried to rule out logical explanations, and I don't know what it was. But uh, at any rate, if it was aliens, they, they didn't bother us, so that's mm-hmm. okay. And your, okay. Se- your second story has to do with fairies, right? Uh, this isn't really scary, so if you have kids, you can share th- this with them. So one time when I was at school, me and my best friend Cora were playing at recess, and we went over by this tree when we were playing, and we saw next to it a circle of mushrooms. The next day, we checked if it was there, and it disappeared. And we made sure that we didn't go to the wrong tree, and it was the exact same tree. And we didn't even see mushrooms, like pick stems of a mushroom, or like rotten mushrooms. So you think it was a fairy ring? Uh-huh. Very cool. Were the mushrooms uh, red with white dots, like on Super Mario Brothers? No. <laughs> what color were the mushrooms? The mushrooms were like brown. Okay. Or I forgot if it was white or brown, but one common type of mushroom. Now... You believe fairies are real, obviously, because, mm-hmm. and I'm right there with you, I do too. How many different types of fairies do you think there are? Because there's like Tinkerbell, but then you got like the Tooth Fairy. How many species are there? Uh, you counting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there's some in your favorite movie, right? Mm-hmm. What are the ones called in, in Harry Potter? Pixies. Pixies. Are those different than fairies? It's or are they... called Cornish pixies. Cornish pixies. They're kind of like fairies, but a little like gnomes, and they're really naughty. <laughs> okay. Well, that is a kind of mysterious thing. Was that on the There's... playground, you said, when you and Cora saw that? Uh-huh. Okay. Well, next to a tree at recess. Okay. Um, what's some of your other favorite mysteries about the world? think what was that one you were talking you were talking about the easter island heads it isn't one of my favorites it's not one of your favorites uh, oh yeah mystery of the leprechaun well one time me and my dad were thinking of some traps for the leprechaun when we had a great 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 idea so we took a tissue box, put it like some cereal and coins at the end, and when the leprechaun crosses, he'll fall in. But instead, he left a whole chunk of gold in the little hole. And last year, the leprechaun 
Khan snuck over when we were gone, when we were going to bounce at Skyzen or somewhere bouncy place. And when we come back, we saw a bucket of gold coins with a leprechaun ornament. Yeah, what cereal did we leave? Was it Lucky Charms? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're magically delicious, right? Magically delicious! Well, Sky Myers, thank you for coming on the So Strange podcast. <laughs> awesome stories. And keep an eye out for fairies, ladies and gentlemen, because they're out there. Mm-hmm. Most common sight to see fairies is in fairy rings, pi- pirate ships, and maybe, if you're lucky, in forests.